Parsons, you're listening to No Names All Game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is Wednesday, November 2nd, and your Nittany Lions are now 6-2 and two after a frustrating loss to the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, it's unfortunate. We don't like it. We're not happy, but it happened, so we're going to talk about it. We are number 15 in the first college football playoff rankings. This is going to be a double episode. We're going to give you some awards, some last thoughts on Ohio State. We're going to look ahead to the upcoming match uh, against Indiana. Whole lot to talk about. My name is Chris Hankin, joined as always by my co-host Pat Calicchio. Pat, it's Wednesday. We've processed. We're looking ahead. How are you feeling, man? Yeah, I mean, it. you know what? It's... I'm not so upset that they lost because I, I never, you know, we, I came in here so there was no real path to victory. What's upsetting was that they could have won. Yeah. I, like I, at the end of the game, I said to somebody, I was like, if you're going to lose by 14, just lose by 14 the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be up by one in the fourth quarter and then lose by 14. Like every prediction I made on this podcast, I think in going into the fourth quarter, I was like, I'm so wrong on all these. And at the end of the game, they were all right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Penn State couldn't win like 20 to 17, you know? Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, if you if you look at that game and you look at, you know, end of the third quarter, I think it's 16-14. Into the fourth quarter, we're up 21-16. You're saying, listen, a lot has gone wrong, and we still, we still have the path to victory. We just gotta close it out. Yeah, and uh, even and, and even the turnovers. I was like, Penn State can't turn the ball over a bunch of, ball over a bunch of time and win. And guess what happened? A whole lot of turnovers. <laughs> but um, they were they were winning with three of them. <laughs> I know, I know, and that's that's the tough part. Is it's just hey, things things didn't go right, and you just have to close out. And unfortunately, that's been kind of the Achilles heel, especially in these matchups with Ohio State over the last couple of years, is is closing out tight games. Um, it hasn't been our forte, hasn't been our specialty, and unfortunately, we got burned. So we'll go through uh, a good bit of this game. Like I said, we're not gonna you know. Uh, completely dive into super detail it's wednesday we're moving on but we're gonna give out some awards like we always do let's start with our mvp our lion pat who is your lion of the week i mean the obvious pick for this one's parker washington parker 179 yards 11 catches and a touchdown um had a huge yak on on it at a big point in the game to score that touchdown uh this was very much you don't want to call it a coming out party because i think everyone uh, you know, every Penn State fan already knew Parker Washington was good, but it felt like his coming out party for this season. You know, he had the huge catch against Minnesota, but I think we were all expecting, you know, not games like this, but like multiple games of over 100 yards for Parker Washington. And through the first, you know, five games, it just kind of wasn't happening. He hadn't had a lot of big plays, hadn't had a lot of big games, but, you know, here it was, man. He looked great in this game. Um, I like that Sean Clifford seems to finally trust him to just make a play. You know, throw at him when he's not wide open. Let him win that one-on-one battle. And he's winning those, man. Yeah, yeah. It was super fun to watch. You saw him getting involved early and often, uh, hitting him on on some short screens, hitting him on some short crossing routes, which opened up some of those longer plays throughout the game. Um, and, yeah, he had a phenomenal performance. I mean, this is this is one of those ones where, like, I don't want to sound like a hater and I don't want to sound like I'm whining here, but all I saw on Twitter after the game was Marvin Harrison Jr. 10 catches, 185 yards, best receiver in the country. I agree. He's the best receiver in the country, but guess what? Parker had 11 for 179 and a touchdown. If we win that game, his face is plastered all over Twitter. Like he had just as good of a game as arguably the best wide receiver in the country. And he had a touchdown to boot. 
we didn't get the W, so you can't cry about it, but it was so much fun to see him doing what he does best and really kind of feeling comfortable. Yeah. All right, shout out Parker Washington, you are a line. Uh, my line of the week, I figured you wouldn't go Parker, so I'm going to go someone else. I'm going Katron Allen. Um, I don't know if I've, we've given him a lion before. We've definitely given him some awards. He's had some good games, um, but I think he actually got the start in this one. I know they kind of rotate constantly between him and Singleton, but I think he actually got the start. Uh, and he made the most of it. 12 carries for 76 yards. It's an average of 6.3 on uh, two touchdowns, one on the ground, one in the air. Uh, the one on the ground was was incredible. Um, you know, we're on like the goal line. I think this was right after the uh, the uh, Mitchell Tinsley like fumble at the goal line. Uh, they give it to Katron and the play kind of got blown up. Someone has him like by the ankles in the backfield, shakes them off and then just powers his way into the end zone uh, during a time where the game was still close. So that was super exciting to see tax on a receiving touchdown later on. Um, he just, he just continues to impress me, man. Like for as much hype as Nick Singleton got coming into this year, you know, he's the number one running back in the class Gatorade player of the year. And he's been tremendous. It's been so fun to watch Katron do just as good with his opportunity. So for me, Katron Allen, you are my lion of the week. You are muted, Pat. Ah, I'm back. Welcome back. Um, Welcome back. Love that. You know, he was, he was steady all game. Like it, it, his stats don't jump off the page at you, but he was, you know, getting, getting yards when you needed him. Uh, he broke, broke a couple of tackles. He, he looked really good. He's got a really impressive skill set for a young back. You know, he's has, the, the vision, the patience, the balance, like it's, there's, there's the things you don't expect a true freshman to have. So to have him in that backfield with, uh, you know, such a potential home run hitter like Nick Singleton is, has been such a, you know, such a boon to this Penn State team. Yeah. And I mean, the, the stats kind of do pop off the page a little bit, like 76 yards when you're splitting carries, right? He got 12 to Nick's 14, uh, 6.3 yards per carry. Even if you take out his longest of 27, he's still at almost five yards a carry. Like, he was, he was running the ball well, running it consistently, hitting the holes. Um, that one big run, he did have the 27. You saw a lot of people tweeting like, you know, Singleton probably takes that one to the house with his extra year. Um, but he still, he still he did what he needed to do. And, he, and as a true freshman in a game like this, and there, there were several true freshmen that had good games. Um, biggest game of the year against Ohio State, like he came to play. And I was, I was really happy to see that. Yeah, and honestly, you know, that, that play never really looked like he was going to take that all the way to the house. Like there were multiple no. defenders on the backside, you know, running him. Yeah, down. of course. Like, well, like I, there was and, one guy to beat and he got beat. Like, I don't know if yeah, Nick Singleton yeah. takes that to the house. Of course, to, not, to get through multiple people. <laughs> right. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say he should have or, he, or yeah. anything like that, but uh, it was really fun. Um, there was a tweet. Uh, I think I have it here. Tyler Donahue uh, tweeted out uh, Penn state running backs against Ohio state uh, over the last couple of years. This is Tyler Donahue from uh, 24-7. Uh, Nick and Katron combined 121 yards on 26 carries. The last several years, man, I didn't realize how bad it was. 2021, 42 yards on 19 carries. 2020, 36 yards on eight carries. Uh, 2019 was Journey Brown, 65 on 12. 2018, Miles Sanders, 43 on 16. 2017, Saquon, 44 on 21. We have not run the ball well against this team in a long time and the two freshmen both put up numbers against them i didn't realize it went that far back of being bad same same until, until i saw that tweet from from tyler i didn't know like I, I remember some bad games but i was like oh we probably had a good performance in there somewhere no 
Uh, so uh, did it did it win us the game? Of course not, but they did their job uh, for most of the game, and and my lion goes to Katron. Love it. All right, let's move to awards. Who is your first award, or what is your first award for this? My week? first award is the Dewey Award. Dewey. Dewey. There's a lot of Deweys in pop culture. Which Dewey are you referring to here? I'm referring to Dewey from Malcolm in the Middle. Okay. The kid, the youngest one, right? Yes. Okay. I mean, he's sitting on the basketball rim and goes, the future is now, old man. Old man. Yep. <laughs> okay. Future is now, old man. Who's that going to? Abdul Carter, man. Yeah. Abdul Carter is looking at the rest of this defense and everyone on the sideline going, the future is now, old man. I mean, you know, he's what, 19 years old and it doesn't matter, man. He looks incredible out there. Comes up with a big sack. He's flying all over the field. Uh, And this is more of a season long award than just this game, but he's looked so impressive. And, you know, again, he's probably not um, instinctually perfect yet. Like maybe not always in the perfect place, but he's so athletic that he makes up for it when he's not. Uh, And I, I think, you know, Going forward, it's just you're, he's going to be so impressive for the rest of his career, man. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it was last week or the week before I gave him the uh, here to stay award, saying that you know he's not going anywhere and he needs to be starting. And um, he, I mean, he has been. I, I think it's funny they they don't always announce him as a starter, but he's out there for the first series anyway. I don't know if it's like a formality thing, um, but yeah, he's he's fantastic. Uh, I want to give a shout out. Uh, I'm going to reference them a lot during this episode. Uh, hardcore PSU football. If you don't follow them, they're another Penn State football podcast. They do a lot of really good work. Uh, And they've started doing, I don't know if it's Sean or Corey, but one of them does like a film breakdown every week uh, where they go through the game and just kind of like clip different things that they see. Uh, they They give the disclaimer that you and I often give is, I'm not an expert. This is just my thoughts and what I'm seeing. Um, but that was the one play, the sack. Uh, and I didn't notice it in real time. I, I saw it as I was reading through this thread from those guys. Uh, the, the move that Abdul puts on the offensive lineman, he like jukes the guard and just leaves him in the dust to get to CJ Stroud. Like it was, it was awesome. Like Abdul Carter is going to be that guy. Like we always, we always said we wanted to see what Micah Parsons full potential of rushing the passer was. And we're seeing that in the NFL now, but we never got to see it at Penn state. I hope we see Abdul Carter. I'm not comparing him to Micah. I, I maybe I am a little bit. Go ahead 11. and do it. Got Number eleven. A lot of things Stick, in common. Stick City. I, I tweeted that. I tweeted Freak that athletes. I mean, come on. They're um, awesome. I, I hope we get to see him used in that way. Of you are the best athlete on the field. We're going to let you loose and make plays with your athleticism, with your physical ability, and eventually those instincts that will be getting better and better and better over the years. So, the future is now, old man. Abdul Carter. I love that one. Uh, All right. My first one, I didn't really know what to title this. I I went through a bunch of different titles, but uh, I'm I'm just putting this out there kind of on the nose. It's I wish we had more time together award. Uh, I I can tell you who I know that isn't going to. Yeah. Who do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Who who do you think? (laughs) If you've listened to this podcast, it's not going to Sean Clifford. Uh, Uh, No, I, I think I know who it's going to. Who do you think? Gotta be Olu Fashanu. It is Olu Fashanu, man. This kid has been so good this year. And in this game particularly against a very good Ohio State pass rush um, that had their moments in this game, obviously. Force fumble, pick six, <laughs> JTT had the game of his fucking life. That kid, I mean, we'll talk about not, him not later. Not against Olu Fashanu, though. Not against Olu Fashanu, uh, but against a very, very good defensive line. 
Olufoshanu put so many good plays on tape, like he's been doing all year, but now against the best competition, to the point that he is now on many NFL draft radars. In fact, a Bleacher Report mock draft came out today, had him going number six overall. He, overall, in the first round, number six. This, this kid is, yeah, in, in this next upcoming NFL draft. Um, in that same draft, Charlie Porter Jr. also goes in the top 10, which is pretty cool. Uh, but Olu, the kid is 19 years old, and he's just playing tremendous football. Uh, he's 6'6", 3-0-something, moves like a fucking gazelle, like just takes care of business and has been like the cornerstone left tackle that I've wanted for so long. And I just wish we had more time together. Because if you are projected to go in the first round at all, you should leave early. We've said that. We support that. Go get your money. Go to the NFL. If you're projected to be a top 10 pick, if you're projected to be offensive tackle number one on the board, you fucking run to the NFL. Um, so selfishly, I wish we had more time together. I would love to have him coming back He's what, next year. Sophomore? Yeah, so this is his third year, so he can go. Uh, I would love to have him come back and be the anchor of a, of an offensive line that continues to, you know, get a little bit better each year. You know, that's kind of the running joke that we say they get better every year, but this year we've actually seen it. They have gotten better. Um, it would be amazing to have him back next year. And I wish we had that time, but you know, the, the writing's on the wall right now. He did get banged up at the end of that game. So let's, let's hope he's okay. Let's hope he can finish out, uh, you know, this season strong to continue rising that draft stock for him. Um, but yeah. I love this kid. He's been so much fun to watch. He was one of those ones coming into like summer camp this year where it was like, Hey, look out. He might be real good. You know, we saw him like in the bowl game last year and he played well and he's just, he's lived up to every expectation we've had of him. So shout out Olu Fashana. Yeah. It's on, you know, I, I thought he was for sure at the beginning of the season. You asked me if he's going to the NFL. I was like, no, like maybe, nah. maybe 20% chance he goes, but like, probably not. I think there's no way he's coming back. Yeah, it's it's I mean, it's just it's one of those things like it's it, there's too much there's too much opportunity to turn down like, yeah. and, you know, there's, there's you know, there's a couple more weeks of the season, you know, you go through the whole the, the process of like getting, you know, the, the projections and the ratings from like draft people, but everything I'm seeing scouts are in love with this kid and, and I think he has a tremendously bright future again only 19 years old he's young so shout out Olu all right what's your next award. Uh, my, my second, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm only doing two, two other awards today. I'm going with the roller coaster award, the roller coaster award up and down. I'm guessing up and down, up and down is, uh, offensive line. Is it defense? Is it, I feel like this one's fairly obvious is the defense. Sean no. Clifford, man, up and down. I mean, all right. All right. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, the down is very obvious. Four turnovers. Uh, yeah. Extremely down. Deep dives. But, I mean, he completed 68% of his passes for 370 yards and threw three touchdowns. Like, it was – I felt so weird watching Sean Clifford at, at, you know, at a point where he had turned it over, thrown two interceptions and a fumble going, man, but he's doing things he's got to do for us to win this game. And, like, he kind of – like, I, I, it sounds insane to say about yeah. a guy with those with the negative stat lines that he had. But like I watched the game and like I, I hate like saying things like this, but you know, outside of those plays, like he was playing pretty well. A completion percentage is more than you'd ask for out of Sean Clifford, I would say, in 90% of his games. 
a lot of, a lot of screens and whatnot. They're going to bolster that number, but whatever. But he also like, he was stretching the field pretty well. Um, he hit, hit like a 35 yard reception to Keandre Lambert Smith. I think it was um, Theo Johnson got a long one. And I mean, like he, he looked like at times in this game, he looked like the best version of Sean Clifford, which is yeah. pretty good. Yeah, um, I, I was, I was, I was very ready to like react and tell you you're out of your mind, but you're you're talking me into it a little bit. Yeah, like there were times in this game, it, like imagine if you had your memory wiped to the first two interceptions. You're yeah. going to that fourth quarter, being like even with the fumble, you're going into that quarter before the pick six, being like, dude, Sean Clifford is having like a great game. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And he he said it because there were high highs in that game for him. Yeah, he said it coming in. He said, "I need to play the best game of my life." Um, yeah. And, and I, I, at I, times he did. Yeah, there, there were some nice throws. Very bad. There were some nice throws. I, th- I thought it was a great game by Mike Yersich overall to, to yes. get guys open. Um, I talked earlier about how they used Parker. They had Parker Washington in the backfield at one point. Uh, that was on the hardcore PSU football thing I, I saw as well. He comes out of the backfield on like a, one of those like Texas slant routes. <laughs> Cliff hits him like throwing across his body. It was a beautiful throw. Yeah. Um, he took a deep shot that didn't hit, I think, to Harrison Wallace. That was a decent ball. Yeah, it was a good uh, throw, and, though. And yeah, the, the ones you talked about, the, the touchdown to Keandre Lambert Smith, the first touchdown was was really nice. Um, yeah, it's just, it's. But the it, bad it, was it, bad. It, it, you, you remember the bad. You remember how bad it was. And it's just, it's hard to overcome that. So, yeah. And, and roller, roller coaster is a good way to say it. Yeah, it was a roller coaster. And I, I don't think you know, those turnovers were a hundred percent his fault, but like, you're the quarterback, you are delivering the ball. No turnovers, zero percent your fault. Unless it, yeah. unless you hit a receiver directly in the hands and they just, it just flies out of their hands and it gets picked. There's no such thing as a, a turnover that is not your fault at all. Yeah. So let's, let's go through them. I was going to save this for the discussion topics, but we're talking about it already. Um, so the problem here with the four turnovers, one, there's four, four of them, right? Uh, two, 21 points off of three of the four. The first one, we get lucky. They miss the field goal. The next three all turn into touchdowns. That is the game. We lost by 14. They scored 21 on turnovers. You can't, you can't deny that. Uh, the first one hand got up, got batted in the air, you know, kind of lucky that the guy catches it, but you also can't throw directly into a guy's hand. So I'm not putting all the blame on him. I, I know those, you know, those things happen. Yeah, um, like if he was a, if he was a different, like, sure. There, there are better quarterbacks who don't get that batted down. Right. But there are right. plenty of quarterbacks who get batted balls all the time. Of like, course. That's what I'm saying. I'm not, reality, that on. I'm not going like, Oh, batted ball. What a bum. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not putting it completely on him, but it also bothered me when people on Twitter were just like, well, that's not his fault at all. I got batted. Like, Hey, it's, it's somewhere it's, in the middle. Yeah. It's, it's somewhere it's in the middle. It's never 0% your fault when you're throwing yep. the ball. Uh, and that one sucked because they, they were running another screen to Parker and, and there was a lane. There was some good blocking. Uh, he probably gets a decent amount of yards on that play. That's really unfortunate. But that's the first one. It's a weird play. You can live with that. Uh, the second one, my God. That's like 98% um, his fault. I would put it 112% his yeah. fault. Well, uh, so the, he obviously didn't like um, Katron's. Like Katron, I guess, ran the wrong route. Fine. Okay unbelievably dumb throw still you had you had time to decide not to make that throw yeah what do you know what the route was supposed to be i didn't catch that i i don't know exactly what it was supposed to be but you saw him motioning to katron like he was doing the wrong thing oh i see okay i didn't catch that yeah. um like he, he was heated after that yeah time. but like what, still what, he had yeah. he saw it 
saw it wasn't the right route. Right. And saw there was a defender right there. And he decided to try and squeeze it in anyway. Yeah. If you don't love that and you, and if you can't get through your other reads, like take off and run, throw the ball away, like live to see another day. There was also an open receiver in the area. That's what, that's how I should, So what I was just going to say, I don't know about the area, but the, the formation, Catron's on the left. You had three receivers on the right side. He never even looks to that right side. And there's one of them. I think it's Mitchell Tinsley, the far right receiver nearest to the sideline. He is pretty wide open past the line to gain. There's a defender in the area. He probably gets tackled as soon as he catches it. But if Cliff doesn't like what Catron's doing, if he just turns his head right, he's going to see Mitchell Tinsley wide open, fire it in, first down, move on. Um, I mean, that was JTT as well. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, so I'm going to keep calling him JTT. Yeah. And I, to be honest, it was, it was an impressive play for a defensive end to make that on a running sure. back. Because like, sure. it's not like he was in front of Catron. <laughs> like, he actually, no, it like, was an jumped, athletic he play. Jumped the, yeah, it was, it was, it really was a great – you don't, you don't expect a defensive yeah. end to make that play. Like if, if you tell me, Hey, you need your quarterback to fit in a throw in a tight window to get a first down, who are you doing it against a defensive back or a defensive end? Oh, sure. <laughs> Easy sure. decision. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's what he was thinking, but like, it's just still, still bad. It's still, bad. It's, it's an irresponsible throw. That's the best yeah. way I can say and it. It, and irresponsible. it wasn't necessary. And, and you got, and you got burned on like that. Yeah. That's the thing. You cannot take those kind of chances when, this tight of a game. Like there are risky times. There are times to take risks. Not, not there. So that one sucked. Let's move on. Uh, force fumble. A lot of people have different thoughts on this one. A lot of people say Bryce Effner, uh, you know, got beat and pushed into him and, and didn't he give did. him a chance, which he did. <laughs> I, I, I'm getting there. Uh, other people say Cliff should have stepped up and avoided it. He tried to. Um, my biggest thing here. And again, shout out Hardcore PSU Football because I'm referencing their, their thread here. I want to give them their flowers. Uh, this is a second and four. So the left side of the formation, you've got two receivers that have defensive backs 11 and a half yards off of them. Not a single linebacker in sight. I don't know who's responsible for this, but somebody needs to see that and like hot route, just zip it out to one of those guys. They're running for the first down easily. Um it's it's one of those like I'm not smart enough to catch that in real time. I would expect maybe you know Yursich or or Clifford to see it or one of the wide receivers to be like, hey hey hey, get me get me. I don't know how that works. I don't know who's supposed to call that, but man, it was wide open, wide open for sec. It's second and four. Like all oh, you need is a couple yards. There's two wide open receivers, eleven and a half yards off of them are the DBs. I don't know what caused that. I don't know why Ohio State was playing that way. Um, but it just it it it's more frustrating to see that to see like hey we had we had an easy conversion and we got blown up. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason they're playing like that is, I I, I would likely say because second four is a pretty good time to take a shot. Because yeah, and, you, and both both very, of those guys, both of those guys were running deep routes. Yeah, because you've got a very manageable third down. Sure. If you don't if you don't get it, so that's when you're going to go deep. So that's probably why they didn't. Because you need to beat Ohio State with chunk plays. You can't just string together first downs and win. And that's a good time to take it. And, um, and I mean, he was getting ready to throw. You know, he's, he's got the ball back here as, as it gets yeah. stripped, you know? So yep. it wasn't like his pocket awareness was so bad that he was just standing there. He was getting, True. he was, a, you know, in the process of getting rid of the, of doing exactly what we wanted him to do, get rid of the ball. Um, yeah. I, again, it's never going to be 0% your fault when you fumble, especially as a quarterback. But, that that wasn't a play where he was really holding it very long. Um, I I I put that more 
on Bryce Effner than I do on Sean Clifford personally. Yeah. And I won't argue. I won't argue that. I think, again, I would have liked to see him, you know, try to step up, try to evade it a little bit. Um, but it's just, it's, it hurts to see like, we had an easy, easy completion, pitch and catch, get the first down. Like I understand like, yeah, take the, take those plays, but look at what the defense is giving you at the same time. So that sucked. Um, and then the last one, the pick six, right. The JTT's hands. I mean, I have no words. <laughs> I mean, I, I gotta be honest. I blame that more on Bryce Effner too than Sean Clifford. Did Bryce Effner throw the ball directly into a defender's hands? Uh, no, but he didn't do the one thing <laughs> that he's supposed to do, which sure, is but... touch JTT at all. Well, he, at he all. tries. He try. If you look, he tries to like. It almost looks like he tries to like chop him. Yeah, uh, but then it he looks doesn't. like he tripped. Right. He, he sure. Didn't... I mean, because let's be honest. If you're Sean Clifford, it's not like he didn't see JTT, but he doesn't expect him to just be able to jump up with no, no, like, no sort of like. Um, I know nobody's stopping him, I guess is the best way to put it. Like there's supposed to be a guy doing anything to prevent him because it's a, it's a quick throw and that's the, that's the passing lane, you know, and you're not going, well, the defensive end's probably going to be in this passing lane. You're going, okay, well, I got to trust my one guy to do literally the most, the least amount of thing, just the least amount of football stuff to prevent this from happening. Cause that's all you had to do. And like, and I'm, I, I don't like, uh, you know, picking on, you know, a college football player who, who like is, is much better than me, much better at football than I am at anything. Sure. But, almost, and I, I will never, never make this statement. Like you or I could have done better in that situation. All you had, I to, do, I, all you had to do was touch the guy. I, I don't make, think make, I could have done better him, personally. I, I, and, I mean, listen. I'm yeah. not saying yeah, I, yeah. I, I could do it hundred percent of the time, but like one out of a hundred times I could have done better. <laughs> you know I, what I mean? I hear what you're saying, it but is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. It's, it's hyperbolic, but you know what I mean? Of course, of course, of course. We're not going to, we're not going to hold you in court on this one. But it was just, um, it was just as bad of a play an offensive lineman could make. I, I hear you. I'm, I completely disagree. This is, this is late in the game. This is a guy who has wreaked havoc all game already has an interception already has a fumble forced fumble already has the tip that went for the interception has been living in the backfield. You have to know if that's the passing lane, you have to know that he is there. He is a playmaker. You have to be aware that that is happening. I understand Bryce Seppner has to do something has to, has to hold him for a second or two, especially if it's a quick pass, but like not even a second or two, like less than a second. Sure. But it's, it's Clifford through it directly. It's not like it's not like JTT jumped eight feet in the air. He's athletic. He made a nice play, but Clifford threw it directly fucking at him. Like, I just I can't excuse that one. I we're gonna disagree on that one, and that's okay. That's why this is a good rapport. I cannot excuse that one. That to me was garbage. I mean, I'm not gonna say it was a good throw. He threw it in a you know, the guy didn't have to jump very high to get that. Not yeah, that's throw. what I mean. Um, it's not like he made an, also a, like, a crazy one-handed grab and you know did no, something. That's he also threw the throw that he has to make to complete it to the, the receiver there. Well, you either like, got to put it he, over he, the D line or you have much to higher. see it coming. Yeah, but you can't lob a screen over to a you know because sure, there's well, defensive backs. <laughs> understood, but like if you, you have to look at what's happening, like before I I I, would I like yeah, to I'm, go I'm back not going to say nobody in America can, can make this play. 
I, I would like to go back and look at the tape again, because I guarantee if you look at the point of release before he releases the ball, JTT is free and ready to go. Like you have to be able to see that. like, yeah, but he's also about to be engaged. I don't like, know. I'd, I'd have to look at it again. I, I, that's I, not I, what I, I remember. I'm that's not, not what I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm that's not, not what I remember, well. but Patrick Mahomes would have gotten a pick six there, but like, yeah, yeah, of course, you know, I, I think, I think that's a, I think you put most quarterbacks in that situation and that's kind of the outcome. Disagree, but <laughs> glad, glad we had the discussion. Uh, the roller coaster award. Yeah, to Sean Sean Clifford. That's a, a long, long way. You know, we just kind of went on a roller coaster, a little ups and downs. Well, ups and downs there talking Every about time our boy, I talk Sean about Clifford. It a roller coaster. Hey man, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's an interesting award and, and we'll see how many more chances he gets to get awards as we go forward. Um, we'll talk about that when we get to the preview. All right. My last award, and then we'll, uh, we'll just cover a couple other things from this game. Uh, my last award is the won't show up on the stat sheet award. The stat sheet. And this, is, this is a little, maybe a little misleading because a lot of times it's like someone who has a very big impact on the game. That's not technically a stat. This one is more of just like things that were so damn close, but won't actually count. And it goes to Zachy Wheatley. Mm. This kid, man, we, we talked about, you know, beginning of the year, uh, takeaway King in both, both off season camps, first couple of games. He has a couple of picks. Remember he is a true freshman and he comes into this game and has not one, but two almost interceptions. And I just feel for the kid, man, because like, Again, you're a true freshman playing at home against Ohio State. The stakes are high. Kind of like what I said about Katron before. Like, he came to play. Zachy Wheatley came to play, man. Like, he, the first one, man, his toe is on the sideline. He's this close to, to making an interception. And you have no idea how that can impact the game, how things change after that. Um, the second one, I, I don't remember, wasn't quite as close, but still a, a very close, uh, great play. His, his stat line ends up being one tackle, which was beautiful, by the way. Uh, that's uh, one of the wide receiver screens that Ohio State ran. He read like a book, flew up to the line, shedded his defender, and made a tackle behind the line of scrimmage. That was fantastic. Uh, so he ends with one tackle and one pass breakup. But the award won't show up on the stat sheet is because, man, those two plays were were so close to being – huge plays and probably would have ended up having him be the lion. And we're maybe we're sitting here talking about a win because we won the turnover battle. Who knows? Um, but I just wanted to give him some credit, man, because I think, I think this, this showed me like, he's going to be a playmaker. He's going to be a ball hawk for, for the next couple of years. And we're going to have a lot of fun watching him. It just sucks that this game, those won't show up. Yeah. Um, you know, I, this is not a criticism to, to him because you know, he's, he's a very good player. Uh, but like those are the plays. If you're going to beat this team, that have to be made. Uh, they are when you're playing a team that's flat out better than you. You've got to make the exceptional plays every now and then. Yeah. Uh, the same the same way that like that um, that diving catch to Parker Washington. If you're going to beat Michigan, that play has to be made. And, I'm, and that's yeah. not a slight against that specific player. That's just like as a team, those things just have to go your way when the when the, the opposing team is better than you. Yeah. And it's, and it's a game of inches, you know, it's, it, and like, I'm not saying it was his fault that first one that he stepped out of bounds. No, like he was he's on the I, run. I, his I, momentum's I, taking it. I don't think anyone's that, making that. That would have been insane. I don't I think anyone's making that. Yeah. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I saw someone on Twitter said, uh, they need to start wearing white cleats. It would have blended in with the line. <laughs> they wouldn't have been able to tell. Um, just, yeah, I just, like I said, I, I wanted to give some shouts to, to Zachy Wheatley because I thought he played a really good game. 
Uh, the stats won't show it. It didn't fully impact the game, but I thought he played really, really well. And I'm very excited to watch this kid in the future. Uh, all right, those are the awards. Um, I have a couple of uh, things noted that I, I wanted to talk through. Anything major that you wanted to discuss from this game other than what we've talked about already? Uh, I think we've probably got to talk about the fourth down, the missed fourth down play. That is my first note. Great minds think alike. Uh, all right, so let's start here. Uh, before we even get to the snap, the play call, do you like the decision to go for it? Yeah. Um, you know what? I kind of didn't at the time, and I usually do. But it, it, it was a situation where, like, and it ended up not making a difference because of the – In the end, sure. Yeah, in the end. But there was a point in the game where it looked like it could have. Um, we we would have been up 17-16 at halftime instead of down 16-14. Yeah. Um, I don't love it, but then also – you know, Jake Pinnegar pulls like two field goals in a row a little bit later. So it, I'm okay with it. You know, See, you I, the most I personally, game. I loved it. I love the aggressiveness. Uh, we talked about in, in the preview, I think we said like, you're going to have to be aggressive. I think that was one of your things. Uh, yeah. Like I'm, like gonna, said, I'm usually on board with this. Decision. Yeah. 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 You're going to have to be aggressive. Like we were far enough into their territory. Defense had already shown that they were playing good. Um, I loved the call. I loved the idea to go for it. Uh, and then they come out in the T formation. Um, and this is one that like kind of has people split on Twitter because like you almost always know what's coming from this T formation. It's either going left or right. And it's coming from the back guy with the front two blocking. Uh, what did you think of the actual play call itself? Um, I actually didn't hate it. Um, and it, it was, uh, it was apparent enough that I actually saw it in real time. The play was there. Yeah but they just had a defensive tackle make a just blow alignment off the ball and yep. make a really great play. Um, yep. Like if, if that, like if that defensive tackle makes even just an above average effort there, that's first down. Yeah. Yeah. There's it, it's, it's tough to watch back. If you watch from, from like the end zone view. So you're watching behind our offense. Um, the tight ends block great. The offensive line block blocks great. There is a hole that opens up that Nick Singleton can shoot through. Even if he doesn't see the hole for some reason, even if he does his signature bounce out to the outside, he gets the first down and then some, if he hits the hole, it's probably a touchdown. If he bounces I, my, to the outside, he gets the two, he gets the two and then some, but I think it was Sal Wormley. This shit happens. I'm not blaming was. him, but he, he gets just beat. Defensive tackle made a great play and gets to Nick before he can do anything. He didn't have the chance to bounce outside, you know, chance to make a move. It sucks because if we're able to hold that block because everything else worked, it, it, it converts and we're looking at a different situation. Yeah. I honestly, my biggest criticism of that play call might be that I'd prefer Katron Allen in that situation. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Power back. Yeah. And just like um, a guy who sees the hole a little bit better. Sure. Um, a, a bit more of a dependable can get you two yards guy. Yeah, we saw that on the goal line, right? We we saw him do that. Um, yeah, I don't have I don't have any qualms with that. Um, it it has been interesting to see. Like, there hasn't always been a ton of rhyme or reason for like when they use which back. It seems more of just kind of like rotational. But I wonder if that's something we see a little bit more. But yeah, I think you know hindsight is twenty twenty. I liked the idea to go for it. I thought it was the right call. It was early enough in the game where you got to take those wins when you can get them. And a team that's putting up fifty points a game, you're not going to beat with a hundred field goals. Well, sure, a hundred you would, but uh, you're not going to beat with field goal after field goal. You 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 had a good offensive drive. You're trying to keep the momentum going. I like the call. 
replay shows it was was a good play call. It just unfortunately didn't execute properly. So that sucks, but I liked it. Yep. I mean, there's a, there's not a play call that exists that stands up to a defensive tackle just blowing through the line of scrimmage. Correct. Correct. Yeah. There, <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. There's not. There's nothing that that is preventing that. It's just we got beat. You know, they got the better of us on that one. It, it sucks to say, but that's true. Um. Only other things I had, uh, I thought was really interesting. I thought defense, you know, defense played incredibly well. You know, a lot of people say like, oh, they fell apart in the fourth quarter. And yeah, some things did, right? You know, there's yeah, a, on one drive. Listen, there was one a, horrible drive. A three play, like 40 second drive where they went 70 something yards. Yeah, that yeah. sucked. Uh, the running back Henderson, I think it was Henderson, finally broke a big one. Um, you know, that sucked. But I, I don't think the defense fully broke. I think we gave up 21 points off of turnovers. We gave them good position. Uh, and we put our defense in a really bad spot. Um, I think they played very well all game. But one thing that was really curious to me um, was a couple of specific Marvin Harrison plays. And a lot of people were talking about this. The fourth and six. Uh, they are going for it. It's fourth and six. And I think this is Kalen King at the time. He's playing about 10 yards off of Marvin Harrison. Fourth and six. Everyone in the world knows the ball is going to him. They throw a quick slant. He shoots forward, gets the first half. What were we thinking? Yeah, I don't know if that was by design by Manny Diaz or if that was a mental mistake by Kalen King right there. I, I think it was designed because it happened again later in the game and it was Joey Porter Jr. So it's a third and 10. And this is like, this is when basically when they kind of iced the game, uh, it was towards the end. It was the third and 10, yeah. same exact situation, but it's Joey Porter and he's 10 yards off. And they do the same thing. Quick slant to Marvin Harrison. He takes care of the rest. First down. Like, I, I understand he's a fantastic wide receiver. You have to do certain things. You can't play complete press coverage because then he's going to beat you deep. But on a fourth and six, you probably shouldn't be giving him all six of those yards. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm not like a, an expert on defensive scheme. Um, I'm not sure what defense they were running there. I, I haven't gone back and watched that. But yeah, there, there, there's really not much of an excuse for that, if I'm yeah. being honest. You, you, it, they're both situations where they need X amount of yards. Um, you know, the third and 10, you can maybe rationalize. Like, sure. Okay, you know, maybe they'll take a long strike at him. Right. But I don't the fourth know. I and six, the fourth and six just broke me. That, that was, I was screaming at my TV. It's going to Marvin Harrison. It's going to Marvin Harrison. Yeah, you got to, again, it doesn't have to be press man coverage all the way, but. No, and I don't think that's the right move either. The guy, wants, again, the guy wants six yards, you can't give him six. Right, right. And that's my thing. Like I said, I think if it is press, he probably jukes you once and hits you on a quick fade. But like, I just, it seemed, it seemed very inexplicable, if you will. So that was one thing I had. Um, we knew Harrison was going to have a good game. A lot of those like in routes over the middle that they kept hitting for like 15 to 20 to clip were infuriating, but it wasn't 70 yard bombs over the top all the time. Like if you want to split hairs and say like, all right, well, we kind of kept it in front of us. Yeah. He had a huge game. We knew he was going to have a good game. It just, when the time came that they needed to convert, I would have liked to see a little extra attention there. Yeah. And exactly. I'm okay with them getting those 15, you know, I wouldn't say, okay, but like, you know, between the two options, you do kind of have to give that up. But when, when you're down and you need the ball back, yeah, you can't play the same way. Yeah. Because I mean, in, and you think about it too, like 
if they're if they're giving up those 15s every now and then, it happens. We held them to 98 yards rushing, 41 of which came on Travion Henderson's long run. Yeah. Like we talked about this in the preview. I said, like, you almost want to shut down the pass to force them to run so that we know we can kind of get our good on good there. We did what we were supposed to against the run. It was just those those, you know, death by a million mediums eventually got up to us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think had we been playing with that lead the whole time, it's one thing. Sure. You know, but when, when you're, when you're down and the time's short, man, like, yeah. you can't, you can't bend and not break when you need the ball back in less than two minutes. Yeah. And that's, and that's what we've seen in the past, right? 2017, 2018, you know, we have the leads and we blow, we lose by one point. Those were the things that kind of killed us and haunted us and kept us up at night happened again. So that sucked. Um, I'll end on two positive notes. Uh, Shout out Kalen King, Uh, him reading the sat, reading the screen, similar to what Zachy Wheatley did that I talked about earlier. That was, that was pure football porn. He he read that like a book, knew it was coming. And then just like a perfect form tackle into like a spine buster, almost like just put the dude down. It was awesome. So shout out Kalen King. Uh, I had the Abdul sack, which I thought was really good. You mentioned already. And then seven tackles for loss as a defense. Like, again, people want to say this defense fell apart, like live in whatever world you want to. The defense held the Ohio State University, the assholes, the motherfuckers to 16 points through three quarters. And, And seven of those came from a turnover. Like. They did damn good. I mean, <laughs> CJ Stroud finished with one touchdown pass. Like they, the they defense also, did a they damn held good Ohio job. State to what thirty-seven. Uh yeah, because he put the pick six in there to bring on a forty-four. I mean, that's not great numbers, but no. We, but when they're averaging think, forty-nine, yeah, the short fields too. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can't. They 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 played hard, aggressive defense for most of the day. They didn't play scared. Um, no. You know, I mean, you kind of mentioned two plays where maybe they did a little bit, but. Sure. Overall, they didn't. They came out there fearless, and they 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 brought it to C.J. Stroud and those receivers, and they shut down the run better than I think anyone has against Ohio State all season. Um, you know, they they're the lineup against a football team that's got more talent than them, and they they played pretty played very admirably considering. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a game where it almost hurts more because it was like because right it was good in your grasp, yeah. it was right in your grasp, like. We get shelled by Michigan. It's like, yeah, whatever, move on. Like it was a, it was a fluke, and maybe it wasn't, but like that's how you, that's how you put it in your mind. Like this is one of those ones where like we could have had that man. Came down to turnovers and came down to late game management and and closing it out, which we've seen time and time and time again. So that's where I'm going to wrap up. Anything else on Ohio State before we move into Indiana? Um, what should we talk about? Do you feel like we are now closer? to catching Ohio state and Michigan or further away. What's your overall um, attitude? I don't mean this as a cop out, but I feel very neutral. I feel very neutral. Um, I don't think we've like, I don't necessarily think we've lost ground, but I like Frank, one of Franklin's comments this week that kind of irked me a little bit was like, we got better than we were two weeks ago. Like, yes, it was a loss. You can't win with that many, inter- that many turnovers, but we got better than we were two weeks ago. That, that sounds like a moral victory, man. Like, I don't want to hear that. Um, maybe the players do. Maybe maybe you need to say those kind of things. I get it. I'm not knocking him. But, like, to me, it wasn't like a, yeah, we we gained ground on Ohio State this year. It's like, 
No, man, the same shit's happened. We've done this before. We've seen this movie. We've been close. We play them close every year and we just can't finish. So like, to me, it feels like same old shit. Like, I don't know. I'm trying, I'm really trying not to like flounder on the question, but like, it, it doesn't feel either way. Like the Michigan thing. I feel like we, we pendulum back and forth so many times with them. Like we beat the crap out of them. They beat the crap out of us. And it happens at like, you know, two and three year clips that sometimes they've had the better of us lately, but like Michigan's a really good team this year. Like we, we, we talked about all in that episode, why we lost that game. We made no adjustments on defense. They ran us to death. That was completely our fault. And I, I don't think it was necessarily a talent thing there. Ohio State will always be more talented than us. They will always get better recruits than us. It's going to happen. We have to find ways to beat them. And every year we have the chance to do it. And we just don't close. So, yeah, I, I hate to give that answer, but that's where I stand. What about you? Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um, I, I kind of agree with you that I don't feel like we gained ground on Ohio State by any means. I don't think you do that in a loss. But I do feel like we stopped losing ground. Okay. You know, you look at I, interesting way to put the it. past two years of this program. We, we, it was a scary trajectory. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's fair. Um, you know, last year wasn't, you know, you look at overall record, it wasn't terrible. It certainly wasn't as bad as uh, 2020, but almost like five out of seven down the stretch. Um, after, yeah. And after a season, and I don't need, give me all the COVID excuses you want, but after a season where you will go four and five, that's scary, man. Yeah. We, we, start going, yeah. we, we could be slipping into you know, the, the bounds of college football anonymity. Um, and, you know, to have a season where we've, we've got a chance to finish 10 and two, where, especially after we get blown out by Michigan, where we play Ohio state tight and have a chance to win where we, you know, we don't embarrass ourselves on the national stage. To me, that is a, okay, we're, we're back to where we were when I thought we had a chance. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, I'm okay back with to that. where we were in 2019, where I thought, Every year we go in and we at least have a chance to beat Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. That, that that's sense. big to me. That like that. I know, I, I know, I don't, you know, no one likes moral victories in sports, but like I, that, that feels very good to me because the, the program was headed in a direction that was, could have been miserable. Yeah. I think that's super fair because I, honestly, I kind of like to black out the last two years out of my memory. So that's I like, think a even, lot of fans even, too. As I was just ranting, I'm like, we play them close every year. We do this. Well, I mean, not every year, you know, the last two years weren't good for anything. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's a fair way to put it. Um, it's just, for me, it's like, let's go to a Twitter question. Cause I think this ties into what we're doing. Shout out to our boy Sweens. Um, he has a couple of them says what makes the rest of this season successful to you. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but this one kind of ties into this. He says, how can we find ways to trust Franklin and staff to actually elevate us to playoff contention. Um, and my answer is simple. Compete consistently with Ohio state, Michigan, and even throw Michigan state in there for the years that they were kind of good. Since James Franklin has been Penn state's coach. We have not done well against the big three in the big 10 East besides we've us. We've done pretty well against one of them. Michigan state. We've had, we've done no, well. Michigan. I think we've What's done our record against Michigan state. What's our record against Michigan? Um, probably probably around 500 I, I a little below for sure but okay so um, all right so maybe for a few years and we lost two in a row yeah so i, I yeah 
Um, and Michigan State was always that weird game that we would lose after. I feel, I feel like we lost to Michigan State a bunch of times. You know, we did. We did. Um, but anyway, my point being, if you if we want to trust them to get us there, it, it can't be, well, we got better and we kept it close and it was just the turnovers. And if we just did this and if we just did that, you can't give that speech every year, man. Like, how do we trust them? It, it's a cop-out answer again, but it's results, man. You have yeah. to be able to beat Ohio State, and it can't be 2016. You can't hold on to 2016. That was six fucking years ago, man. Yeah, you have to beat them, and it it it, it just has to happen. Like, and I, I I I do hate that because I know people say like, oh, well, all you care about is one game a season. Like, no, of course not. I care about every game. I live and I bleed. Stick. I live and I bleed and I sweat for this team. But that is the measuring stick. Can we beat the best team in the conference? and arguably a top five team in the country every single year. We are going to play them every single year. We are going to prepare for them every single year. How, how can I believe that we're ready for a college football playoff if we can't get over the hump and beat them? Yeah, every, every fan in this fan base talks about being elite. Well, you know, yeah, I need you to beat the elite teams, okay? Yes. That's, the only, that's the only way to do it. <laughs> yeah, and, and, um, it, and that's the thing. It's, it's not like, oh, this is the only game I care about. It's I expect to win every other game. You know, elite teams yeah. expect expect to yeah. win ten it's of their games easily. It's not the only one easily. we care about, but it's the biggest one. It's the sure. one I care about the most. Yeah, you know? that's and like until... if if you're you know when when the Patriots went sixteen and zero in the regular season and then they lost in the Super Bowl, I, I don't think many Patriots fans were taking a moral victory from that. No, they still God, lost, no. like yeah, sure, uh, they cared about the fact that they won all those games, but they care more about the fact that they lost the one that mattered the most. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and the hot topic on Twitter right now, and this will go to Sween's other question, is what makes the rest of the season successful to you? Everyone says, hey, we can go 10-2 and two and get a New Year's Six Bowl. If you came into the season saying we would get that, you'd be pretty happy. Yeah, I would. I would be real happy with that. The season is going better than I expected it to on a lot of fronts. We have a ton of young talent. Sean Clifford had played some good games. Not going there right now. Defense looks really fun at times. Yes, coming off of what was it four and five and seven and five? What did we finish last year? I don't yep. remember what it was. Seven five. Uh, coming off of those two seasons, you're goddamn right. I would sign up for 10 and two with the new year's six bowl. And I still want that to happen. That is success to me, but we're still going to be frustrated. At things that don't go well. That doesn't mean I expect us to be a national title contender in the blink of an eye, but I expect us to get better every year. And when we do start to go into that dark place and that dark trajectory that you talked about, not slip and rebound. And yeah, we're doing that. We are rebounding, which is great. I'm happy, but I still want more. Yeah, um, I, I, to me, it, and this also depends on what the plan is. Like if, if Sean Clifford is the starting quarterback the, the remainder of the season, I think the only thing that makes me happy with the season is 10 and 2. Absolutely. Six bowl. Um, and what, what makes me like, like how will I know when James Franklin has made that leap? If, if, when you're not going two years in a row where you lose to both Michigan and Ohio State, I, I can't. You know, you, you got to get one on the board every two yep. years. You know, is, yeah, is there you, a year you, when you lose both? Sure. You can't do it two in a row. Yeah. And you can't come into the year expecting, hey, we're going to go 10 and two and just lost us to Ohio State and Michigan. That's fine. No, that's not fine. I, I have to be able to talk myself into a college football playoff every season. Agreed. All right. Let's transition to Indiana. That was a good topic. Thank you, Sweeney, for the questions. Um, like I said, we are six and two. We are heading to Bloomington, Indiana to take on the three and five. Indiana Hoosiers started the seasons with three wins. 
Uh, they opened up the year with a 23-20 win over Illinois, who's actually now pretty good. They are ranked just behind us in the college football playoff at number 16. Uh, then they beat Idaho, Western Kentucky, and have lost five straight to Cincinnati, who demolished them. Nebraska, who's, who beat not them pretty good. good either. No, they're not, and they beat them not, not good. Nebraska. I mean, Cincinnati's not very good. No, Cincinnati and Nebraska are both not very good, and they both beat they both beat Indiana pretty good. Uh, Michigan didn't have their best game, but took care of business. Maryland beat them by five, and Rutgers beat them by seven last week. So this Indiana football team is how you would say not great. Uh, they just lost their top wide receiver. Uh, prayers and health, good health to him. I hope he gets better. Um, but that that sucks for them. Their top receiver is out for the rest of the year. Um, and and this is a this is a prove it game to me. Um, Howie, we'll get into our topics here in a second. But how do you feel about how do you feel about this game coming off of you know an, an ugly or frustrating loss rather? Um, I mean, you know, I I feel I, I think we all want to for the majority of um, James Franklin's tenure, we always want to talk about the performance after a loss. Um, I think that's quelled a little bit after a win with Minnesota, but it's still always a concern. And uh, I, I'm very relieved that we're playing a team this bad, to be honest yeah. with you. At, and <laughs> yeah. at home, right? Uh, no, this is at Indiana. Oh, is that, okay, we're at Indiana. Um, yep. You know, I, I would prefer it at home. Um, but dude, this Indiana team stinks. Um, yeah. That, that loss to Maryland, even though it was tight, well, that was without, that was with Talia Tungvaliola going down. Like, oh, really? I didn't know that. Game. Yeah, he, le- he left the game. Indiana was winning with Talia out, and Maryland came back and still won. Oh my God. <laughs> All this right. Team, so. that, that, that's not just a lack of talent, man. That's a lack of ability. That's a lack of being a good team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like bad team, good teams find a way to win. Bad teams find a way to lose. This, this is a team that finds a way to lose. Um, and they, they just lost their best receiver. Guy had two touchdowns on the season, man. It's not like he was incredible. He wasn't a world true. leader. Um, Very true. Very true. Um, let's run, let's run through some of their, their highlights, their, their numbers, uh, quarterback Connor Bazalik, Bazalik, uh, he has 2,100 yards, but only 55% completion, 12 he's touchdowns bad. to 12 touchdowns to nine interceptions. And he's been sacked 23 times. Not great for, for anyone out there calling Clifford above man. <laughs> thank you. Lucky stars. You don't have this guy. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they're leading their leading rusher. Sean Shivers uh, has just over 400 yards, 3.9 per clip and four touchdowns. Uh, you mentioned their leading receiver out for the season only had two touchdowns. He had almost 600 yards. Uh, next man up is Emery Simmons, a one time Penn State commit, I believe uh, he flipped. He went to like North Carolina and then ended up in, at Indiana. Uh, he's got 300 yards on the season and one touchdown. So um, not not a ton going on there. Um, their defense obviously isn't fantastic if they're losing uh, to a bunch of these teams. Their leading leading defender as uh, a linebacker, Desan McCullough. He has four sacks, um, leading in sacks, that is. Uh, tackles, another linebacker, Aaron Casey, leading with 40. Um, and they don't really have any ball hawks. They have five guys each who have one interception. So I, I don't want to look over this team. I don't want to look look ahead. I don't want to play down to them. I don't want to do any of that. But this is a game that we should win handily. Uh, the spread opened up uh, Penn State minus 14. So a two touchdown favorite on the road. Uh, the over under opened up at 54 and a half, dropped down to 50 and a half. Uh, so I don't, I don't know what caused a full four point swing on that, but that's pretty big. Um, yeah, this, this is a game that we should win, that we hope to win, that you expect to win. 
So let's get into our topics. Uh, first thing we always do here is a what to watch for, a matchup, a player, a scenario, something that you're looking forward to. Pat, what are you watching for? I think what to watch for here is Penn State's freshman running backs, man. Um, this is not a great defense. They're giving up 30 points a game. Um, you know, M- Maryland, after losing Talia, ended up being able to come back by running the ball against them, which is not something Maryland really does a lot. Um, and they're not a great tackling team. Um, the, and the thing about Penn State, Nick Singleton always feels like he's one broken tackle away from running, running for 80 yards. And if there's a team you can do that against, it's this one. Uh, I think Nick Singleton in particularly, but also Katron Allen can have put together some big plays and big yards in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Um, that spoiler alert, that's going to be part of my dopey surprise if So we're on the same page. Um, my what to watch for. You thought I was going to go a whole episode without bringing it up. My what to watch for is who plays quarterback for Penn State University? Um, James Franklin talked a couple times this week in press conferences. Uh, one thing that came up was that Sean Clifford actually requested a meeting with Franklin um, earlier this week. He requested, I think, Sunday. He asked if he could meet Monday. Um, Franklin, as of today, says that still hasn't happened, which is, I think, a little weird. Um, but I wonder, I don't know what that meeting's about. I don't know why Sean is going to him. Part of me is like, is he going to like, like fall on the sword and be like, Step hey, down. hey, now nah, I'm not stepping down. I'm not giving up. But I understand if you have to make decisions and like, I just want to put it out there. Like, I get it. I don't know. Maybe uh, he seems like the kind of guy that, you know, wants to do what's best for the team, understands where we're at. Um, he's a tremendous leader. That's one thing he's a great leader. Great leader. And, and, and please, please, for the, for the Clifford defenders and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm on the other side. I'm not hating Clifford here. I'm not saying he I mean, should quit. He, he shouldn't give like it up. He's a great guy. Yeah, he seems like a fantastic he really guy. He's so likable as a person. Yes, and absolutely. He, he as like outside of what he can, his ability as a quarterback, as a guy who's leading your team, he's extremely likable. A hundred percent. And again, I'm not saying he should walk into James Franklin's office and say like, Hey, I'm giving up my spot. Not saying that at all. But if Franklin made this kind of public saying like, Hey, the, he can he has to talk to me and we're going to talk like just seems a little weird. Um, and then they asked him the questions about like, you know, are you going to do this? You're going to do that. And he said, you know, there's no news to report on like there, you know, even if I had a quarterback change, I probably wouldn't say it because I don't want Indiana to know about it. Um, but he, you know, he, he said, you know, it's, it's not a decision he's going to make alone. He's going to talk to Mike Yurcich. He's going to talk to Manny Diaz. I don't fully understand why Manny Diaz is weighing in on the quarterback situation, but <laughs> here nor there. Um, I mean, I guess more, more brains. He was a head coach, more yeah, brains. He was a I head guess. coach. And also, you know, his, his defense probably plays against. Yeah. Through Allen okay. practice. What are you seeing? Call. What are his weaknesses? What can you take advantage of? I don't know. Great. That's a great call, Pat. I, I completely missed that. <laughs> completely missed that. It's been a long week. Um, but he said, you know, they're all going to talk about it and, and they obviously want to continue to develop Drew. So he didn't, he didn't say yes. He didn't say no. He didn't talk about anything. Um, I don't believe Drew's going to start this game. A lot of people do. I tweeted out. I said, y'all ready for Drew now? I don't think he's going to start this game just because I don't think that's in Franklin's nature. You know, it's, it's, it's the same old spiel of, I, you know, I owe it to this whole team. I have a hundred guys to worry about. I, I have to, I have to give us the best chance to go one and oh this week understood, agreed, I'm with you. Let's finish 10-2 and two and go to a really good bowl. I think Clifford starts this game, but I think I think Drew gets like the full second half. Like even if it's a little bit, even if it's closer than we expect to, as long as we have a lead going into halftime, unless something crazy happens and we're down, as long as we have a lead going into halftime, I, I am watching for like how much time do we get Drew in the second half. 
Yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, you know, it's tough to say because, like, if, if it's a nail biter, I, you, unless he's playing poorly, like, you don't just move off right. your starting quarterback. But of course, if you, I mean, if you're up by like 14, which is by no means a blowout, yeah, put the kid in. Right. That, that's what I think. If Sean's playing well, but we're, we're up, if we're up more than three, I'll say, if we're up by a touchdown, if we're up by 10, something like that, I would expect that Drew comes in sooner than later. It's not mop-up duty one series where he's throwing one pass. It's not, you know, eight minutes of game time where he throws a couple passes. Like, it's full, multiple drives. Let him get some opportunity. Let him get some rhythm. That's that's what I'm watching for. So, we'll see. Uh, don't be surprised if. What is a bold prediction you got? Uh, I'm going to say, don't be surprised if this is the best performance Penn State has had post a loss in James Franklin's career. I think that's a high bar after a really, really good win against Minnesota. Um, but I, I think you've seen this is a team that believes in themselves right now. They came out and they they played aggressive and they played well. Um, they they didn't play scared against who I think is the best team in the country. Um, and they came up short and it's a brutal fashion. But I I think we've seen that they already can bounce back from a loss. And I think they're going to do it again. And this is against a much worse team. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Um, spoiler alert. That will be part of my key to victory. We are really on the same page tonight, Pat. Um, uh, my don't be surprised if you kind of talked about it, so I won't beat it to death. Uh, don't be surprised if, if, if these two running backs go over, over 200 yards combined, um, Indiana is letting up over 150, I think per game. I, I, I forget the exact stat. They're letting up a ton of yards. Um, especially I think if, if my first part comes true and we see a heavy dose of drew, they will ease him in. They won't force him to, to you know, throw a hundred passes. They will lean on the run game. So I think you're going to see a heavy dose of running regardless of who's in the game. So don't be surprised if this is a big, big day on the ground for the running backs. Uh, key to victory. What do you got? Uh, key to victory is step on their throats early, man. You know, this is um, Tom Allen's a good football coach. And if you let his team hang around into the fourth quarter, you know, football can happen. But this is also a team that's lost five straight games. If you come out and you jump out to a multiple score lead in the first quarter, I think they're not only they have five, five losses in a row to bad teams, to teams much yeah. worse than you. If they yep. come out against the second best team they've played this year and they go down by 14 in the first quarter, they're going to give up, man. Yeah. Yeah, they, they don't have anything to fight for right now. They are looking like they won't be bowl eligible. They don't they don't have a, a ten and two New York six to look forward to. We do. This is this is a game where have you ever been on a team that's lost five games in a row? It's depressing. Oh yeah. Sucks. People, Sucks. people are mad at each other. And yeah. As, as soon as you you get that feeling, here we go again. Mm-hmm. There's there's no coming back from that feeling, man. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. My key to victory is very similar. Uh, it's it's follow the Minnesota formula, right? We we got shellacked by Michigan and we came out and we played overall an incredibly complimentary game of football, good in all phases, executed where we needed to execute, had big flashy plays, people did their jobs. That has to happen again this game, but it's a very different situation. I mentioned it earlier. It's almost easier to get over a game where you got shellacked and you just got beat. Right. Like, hey, they blew they blew the doors off us. We just got beat. Move on. It happened when you go through the gauntlet. That is an Ohio State game and a heartbreaker and one where you have the lead in the fourth quarter and you lose it. Spirits can be low. 
It can be hard to rise up from that. We need that same energy that we found, you know, second quarter of the Minnesota game. We need that in this game to come out and demolish a far inferior team. So I'm the same as you. This is, this is a, it's a 14 spread point for a reason. I think we win by much more than that. I will be out of the country this weekend. I have already placed my bet on Penn State minus 14. Got it locked in. Um, you just got to show up and, and do what you're supposed to do. You know, put the put the Ohio State game in the rear view. Have a short memory. Go out and, and continue having a really good season. As frustrating as it is, have a, have a good continuation of what's been an overall really good season. Uh, let's get to predictions. Um, and then do we, do we have a Patty parlay this week? I, I don't know if I yeah. remembered one last. All right. All right. So let's, let's get to our predictions for this game and then we'll leave the listeners with Pat's bets. Um, what is your prediction for this game? Like I said, 14 point spread over under is at 50 and a half. I think they come out and kill them. I think it's, they win it 45 to 10. Nice. I'm nice. actually, is that, is that an over? Am I betting an over? That is an over my friend. <laughs> you are at, you are at 55, and guess what? I am almost exactly what you have. I got 41 to 10. Nice. Uh, so you, you got a couple more points. I'm fine with either one of those. Um, what was Minnesota? 45, 17, I think. Yeah, I, I said it was um, going to be the best best post, uh, post-loss post win of James Franklin's career, so I, I had to at least match the Minnesota points. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, <laughs> Minnesota Minnesota's a far superior team in every facet than Indiana. This should be a blowout. Um, the only reason I could see it, maybe us not scoring as many points is again, if they go to let's get drew in there, let's, let's experiment with some things. Let's try some things in the second half. You know, they're not worried about the spread. They're worried about winning games and developing the future. Um, and that's one thing that, you know, I've always said too, I said in the beginning, like I would rather go, I don't remember what I said, eight and four, nine and three with drew getting experience than you know, uh, 10 and two with cliff. And obviously I was being, you know, a little bit ridiculous and egregious, but at this point, I mentioned on a, on an episode previously, I don't think much changes when we go from Sean to Drew at this point in the season. I think we can still execute. I think we can still win. I still expect to win with Drew, but I'm okay if it's not a complete blowout. Like I don't think we're sacrificing wins at this point. I, I think maybe we we see not as many points or something like that. That's fine to me. I would rather this be like a. Maybe it's a 31-10 game instead of a 45-10 game. If, if we're getting young guys' experience, I'm personally fine with that. All right. Uh, we've been doing a lot of talking. Uh, if you guys are listening, if you're still listening, thank you. Appreciate you. Always uh, always love hearing your guys' feedback on the show. Tweet us. Leave us a review. Let us know what you want to hear. Patty Parlays is going to take us out with a parlay of the week. Pat, have you hit All one right. yet? We have not hit one yet, but we've been getting right. close. We, we've we've we're getting two close. out of three two weeks in a row. Okay, that you know what that means. You know what that means. You're due. He's due. He's due. You're due. Um, I'm I'm starting this one off, dude. DraftKings has Kentucky, Missouri as a pick'em right now. Oh, interesting. And I mean, Kentucky I like, did just get beat pretty bad. But. They did get beat very badly, but against a you know a Tennessee team that is murdering people. And um, number one, number one in the college football player rankings. Yes. Um, and I Missouri just is not very good. They're like. I think they're 500 team right now. Uh, I, I like Kentucky rebounding from a loss and taking that game. Um, nice. And they're away, but still, I, I like Kentucky in that one. I, th- I think they've clearly got more talent. Uh, Will Levis, I don't think is incredible, but he's good. Yeah, um, he had a really bad game against Tennessee. I think he had three interceptions. He bounces back for sure. 
Uh, and then I'm, I got to go with the over 66 in the Tennessee Georgia game. Uh, Tennessee has a good scoring defense, but they give up a lot of yards, man. They, they have like one of the worst defenses in terms of passing yards allowed in the country. And I think this is a Georgia team that's good enough to take advantage of you giving them those yards. And dude, Tennessee scores like a thousand points a game. Yeah. I'm talking about a team yeah, that scored like 52 against Alabama. Uh, they, they've put up above at least 40 points in like five games in a row. And the one blip in that their, their two lowest scoring games are 38 and 34. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think this could be a, a real shootout. Um, Barn burner. Yeah, exactly. And then I got Clemson at Notre Dame only given three and a half. Um, Notre Dame is not as bad as their first two games of the year would suggest, but they're not great. Um, yeah. They still lost to um, someone, Stanford, who, who sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Clemson is not like, this is not the best Clemson team we've ever seen. And yeah, DJ Alongalele is a little inconsistent, but I mean, they've beaten better teams by more than three and a half points. I, I'm feeling good about this one. All right. So to wrap that up, we've got Kentucky, pick them, Tennessee, Georgia, over 66 and Clemson minus three and a half. Yes, sir. All right. Listeners, you heard him. Pat is getting closer every week. We've got two out of three the last two weeks. Is this the week we go for three for three and make up for all the losses? That's the best thing about parlays. You can lose a couple. You win one. It pays for all of them. That's why I love them, baby. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, we appreciate you. Uh, let us know what you want to hear. Share this with a friend if they haven't heard it. We love the support. Uh, and let's get a damn win. Let's get a good win. Let's have fun. Let's put Ohio State in the rear view. And uh, let's improve to 7-2. and two. Pat, any last words? We are. We are.